Money FM 89.3, best of weekends. The phrase digital transformation has been a big one in recent years, going back not just a couple years, but four, five, six years. Many companies are on very different journeys, very different paths toward making that happen. Uh, while it's a huge buzzword, uh, some companies are getting it right. Other companies still are not quite getting it right yet. Enter Hyper Island. Now, Hyper Island, if you haven't heard of it, uh, there is a campus down on Alexandra Road here in Singapore, been around almost seven years in Singapore. Uh, originally founded in Sweden a couple of decades ago. And it is uh, an innovative mix of business school, art school, technology school, uh, focusing on creating um, learning experiences around the digital world that help uh, not only people transform their own digital lives and, and digital uh, outlook on things, but also companies as well. Very happy to have with us on the line right now the academic director at Hyper Island, one of the founders of Hyper Island, originally in Sweden, and uh, his self-proclaimed status as chief troublemaker, Jonathan Briggs. Uh, you have been here in Singapore now. Am I right in saying it's been about seven years? No, it's a little bit longer, actually. Nearly nine years now. Nine, um, excuse me. I, I came over, like many people, just for a, you know, a, 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 a small period of time just to try things out. And I, I fell in love with the place. I ended up being here much longer than I expected. Yeah. Okay. So nine years. You've seen where Singapore has been, where it's coming now. Of course, uh, yeah. the Hyper Island courses that have been ongoing for many years now uh, have, have transformed a couple of generations of, of uh, people in Singapore toward that uh, higher level of appreciation for the digital world that we're in. Uh, what's, what kind of report card do you give Singapore right now on its digitization journey? So I, I think it's it's extremely interesting to look at where Singapore is right now. I think we've got a number of sort of standout companies, and DBS always gets mentioned, best bank in the world, sort of best digital bank in the world. Mm -hmm. I think we can see lots of other people who are also doing really well. There are lots of people who are, who are further behind, and I think there's many reasons for it. I, I think sometimes it's because people imagine that digital is all about technology, and I don't think it is just about technology. I, th I think it's a lot about about your attitude to how you generate money, how you uh, how you run your business, how you run your teams. It's it's a, as much about people as it is about technology. That's very interesting because we we tend to think of it as you know your your company's latest app or how people can uh, you know pay for something online or something like that. But tell us a little bit more. What do you mean about that mindset that 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 you say is so important so I, to this? I think if you look at the big drivers of transformation, it, it isn't just about the amount of data you have or the technologies you're using inside your workplace. It's also about how you run projects. Mm. I think one of the things, if we look at the big digital companies, what we can see is that they're very experimental. They look at the world as a series of experiments, and the, they take people with them on that particular journey. So they... Uh, the people who are, uh, you know, working at Google or Facebook or Alibaba uh, are, are really involved with, with, with thinking about the next stage and then the next stage and the next stage, rather than trying to plan a big digital project over you know, multi-years or multi-months. It's much more of an experimental mindset. And the same is true about how they do marketing and the same is true about how they recruit people and the same is true about it, it, you get the pattern. You get the pattern that, that, that this sort of ways of working and the way you treat people and the way you, uh, 
you engage people is just as important as, as whether you're using the latest gadget or the latest app. We're talking to Jonathan Briggs, the founder and academic director at Hyper Island here in Singapore. And, and Jonathan, it's, it's interesting that you say that because this idea of teams collaborating, of course, that has taken on new mm. meeting in the past eight months. But this has traditionally been a difficult transition for many companies to experiment, as you mm-hmm. said, uh, to let go a little bit and to, you know, feel mm-hmm. free to fail and, you know, fail fast forward and, you know, some of these other phrases that we've seen. It is hard for a lot of more traditional companies to do that, is it not? It is very difficult. And, and I, I, you asked me about report card for Singapore. Mm. And I think one of the things that, that Singapore has been brilliant at is becoming very specialist in a number of areas like finance, like oil and gas, like manufacturing, like electronics. Um, it's a country full of specialists. Mm. And to be honest, we've now got to get those specialists together. We've now got a series of huge world problems, COVID-19 being a brilliant example of that. And it isn't going to be solved by one profession or one set of experts. I I was fascinated that in the last couple of days, Lawrence Wong, the Minister of Education, has been talking about the need for interdisciplinary teaching. Now, when we started Hyper Island 25 years ago, the idea of interdisciplinary teaching was absolutely at the heart of what we did. You described us earlier as a sort of, you know, we're a mongrel of um, business school, art school, and technology school. Mm. Um, That means that somebody coming in who's already got a great background in, in art is, is really beginning to think about business and technology. And someone in technology is beginning to think about art and, and, and business. So it, it, it is that mongrel nature that I think is going to create the resilience that we're going to need in the future. And whether that's in an individual or whether it's in a team, I think both of those are going to be key. Very interesting. You mentioned that about Lawrence Wong, and he was talking about universities, polytechnics, ITEs, reviewing their curriculum and and thinking about a new way of teaching and learning. Yeah. And of course, the the Ministry of Education here has been uh, on a path toward trying to change that for many years now, uh, realizing that there are some, some some blind spots in the traditional Singapore education. But the way the way that you put it, I think, is even one step beyond what has traditionally been thought of as rearranging uh, the educational landscape here, and that is really trying to bring different different specialties together and teach in a different way. It's not just sitting and, and studying physics in the classroom, but maybe it's going down to the gymnasium and learning about physics by, you know, throwing a ball or doing some exercises or something like that. That's that, right. That that's kind right. of a mindset, right? Absolutely. And at, at Hyper Island, that's really how we've started to think about the transition that we're making from Um, you know, a largely offline world to a largely online world is creating online experiences or blended experiences, experiences that combine the best of offline and online, but where people are given really interesting problems, multidimensional problems to solve, and where they bring in their existing expertise and gain new skills and tools in order to be able to do that. Speaking with Jonathan Briggs, founder, academic director at Hyper Island, and and Jonathan, over the years that you've been here, that you've been running the courses now, uh, both for individuals and for corporate teams, what have you noticed? What has the progression looked like in the adoption, the acceptance of this new way of thinking and and the ability for people in a, maybe a more traditional environment that we've been in to now open up yeah. and expand their thinking? I think the thing, Glenn, that, that, that made me stay 
was just how welcomed we were made intellectually and from a pedagogic point of view. I've just been blown away by the thousands of people we've worked with over the last, you know, seven or eight years uh, and the reactions we have had and people going, you know what, this is actually transformative. So you hope it to be transformative. You hope in the long term that people are going to resonate well with what you are trying to do. But the amazing thing here is how, you know, the banks we've worked with, the, the, the insurance companies, the, the broadcasters, the different people we've worked with have just responded so well and gone, yeah, you know, I want to do some more of that. And so we, we're on to something here. And, 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 and I, I, I think that, you know, I, I've, I've done quite a bit of uh, module leading and teaching at NTU as well. And we use exactly the same ideas. If I'm, if I'm teaching there, it's the same ideas. To bring together a group of people and to show them that they can start to take uh, control of the transformation journey for their organization. Uh, and that means going out and, and, and being very curious about the world. It means trying things out. It means experimenting. It means group work. It means getting together with groups of people and actually sharing your perspectives. If we're going to solve some of these massive problems in the world, we're going to need this sort of thinking going forward. When you think about some of those uh, courses that you've done, you mentioned, you know, working with thousands of people over the years here in Singapore alone, perhaps they have bought into, they are fully on board with uh, this way of thinking. But we often live in a very binary world, don't we, that that structures, traditional structures are still in place that perhaps even within companies that may have taken some uh, programs at Hyper Island, traditional structures are in place that sometimes do prohibit yeah. uh, this, this advancement. How do you get around that? How do you take the people that have been trained, that have gone through this learning and actually get them to break down some of those barriers? So I describe myself as a troublemaker. And in some ways, that is what we are trying to instill in other people. Mm. It's not a negative troublemaker. It's more like the grit inside an oyster. It's somebody who's going to be a change agent inside their own organizations. And if you take 100 people who come through Hyper Island, I, I, I would say that, you know, in the 20s, 30s of those people, go back and make a difference in their organizations. They actually change something. They might introduce some small change, like changing the way they run a meeting or allowing more diversity and opinion inside a meeting. Or they might start using data in a different way or, or they might start planning projects in a new way. But it's those little changes. It's getting people to start making those changes that is so important. And, um, you know, I can see the fires that we have started I can see the other troublemakers who are now on, online, if you like. <laughs> and, and that's what's so satisfying. And why I think I have huge amounts of positivity for this country and this region. Yeah, talking with Jonathan Briggs, uh, academic director at Hyper Island. And as you look across the world, of course, Hyper Island was started in Sweden. Uh, you have campuses around the world in, in uh, Israel, in the U.S., in South America. What are the differences that you're seeing? Are you seeing differences between the mindset, the changes uh, from, let's say, North America and Europe to Singapore or elsewhere uh, as you take people down this journey of, of self-realization, team realization, digital realization? It's a very interesting question. Uh, in some ways, I see Asia as being hungrier. I think South America is hungrier as well. It might seem paradoxical, but in some ways, Europe and the U.S. are harder countries for us in some ways. 
uh, we got a big fan club in Sweden. We've got a you know we got a lot of people who really love what we do in Sweden, and sure. we've made a big change over twenty five years. But it, but here is where I see the hunger. It's where the it's where the little flashes of light really happen, and and that's why I've stayed uh, because it is it is I think we can make a massive amount of change here in the region. And that can be a positive change uh, for, for, for very, very many people. And looking at COVID-19, looking at the, the, the deep changes that have been accelerated by the last, you know, seven or eight months, I can see us, uh, you know, staying around and, and, and helping people manage that change over the next few months and years. And when, when you think about the next the next step, the next iteration, Singapore 3.0 or whatever that iteration might be where we're at now. Uh, what does that look like to you? Where do we need to push? What are the areas we need to push harder? Uh, you talked about the sort of interdisciplinary approach to problem solving, but where do we push harder? How do we actually make that happen? And because we are at a moment, a pretty pivotal moment, I, I would say, in global history where changes have to happen fast and big. Yeah. I 100% agree. I, I think there's two things. We need to balance humans and machines. So we need to really think about the, the, the human capital that we have and make sure that we are preparing people to be uh, creative problem solvers using technology. And the second thing we need to do is we need to experiment with the technologies. The technology is going to change as much in the next 10 years as it has in the last 10 years. Now, if you think of the last 10 years, it's a 10 years in which we've really got used to having Google and Zoom and Apple, Apple and all those sorts of things. Mm. The next 10 years are going to be just as exciting. We're going to see just as much change in the next 10 years. And I think we've got to take people with us on that journey. And, uh, you know, I, I get up every morning uh, really looking forward to uh, either going to work or joining work from uh, this sort of setup. And the reason is because it's all to play for. The next 10 years are going to be really, really exciting as we, as we build the, the next version of Singapore, the next version of Asia, and, and make a difference in the world. Jonathan, how can people get in touch with you if they want to learn more about Hyper Island or, or trying to make a difference in their own organizations? So they can go to hyperisland.com is probably the easiest way. Um, or they can find me, Jonathan Briggs. Just search Jonathan Briggs. You'll find me on Twitter and LinkedIn and other things. So yeah, you're, you're all more over than the place. You're, you're definitely all over the place on social media. It's Jonathan Briggs. Okay? No space. <laughs> all right. Jonathan Briggs, founder, troublemaker, academic director at Hyper Island. Thanks for being with us on Weekend Mornings on Money FM. Thank you, Glenn. To listen to more great interviews, download our podcasts at moneyfm893.sg or download the SPH Radio app available on Google Play or the App Store.